Broadcasting live, weekday morning, this is listener-supported One Radio Network. Well, well, very pleasant. Uh, good morning to you. It's Patrick Timpone. Uh, it's been a couple, strange couple days, but and then I walk up here this morning, and we have this little cool little air conditioner set up to keep the studio cool, because we're in Texas, and it's just dripping water down on my printer. It's like, yeah, you know, it's always something in life, isn't it? But So I have towels lying over the lane or lying over the printer, and I'm sure we'll figure it out after the show. We are going into uh, almost two months with no phones, and um, I'm, a, I'm under learningpatience.com is a, our new website. I talk to him a couple times a week, and oh yeah, we're, we're going to get there. So here we are, and uh, email is the way to go. Patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Patrick at oneradionetwork.com. That would be me and you, too. So we have a lot to talk about this morning. A little update here on personal life that was kind of fun. And uh, Yesterday morning, and I tried to get a picture to show you, and that didn't work. <laughs> well, I tell you what, me and me and technology, I tell you, I can't believe I'm in a technology-driven business. Isn't that how it is? We get into a business, we have no idea what we're doing. And anyway, uh, a little uh, newborn raccoon found its way to our back door yesterday morning. And this is the cutest little guy. He's about this long. I mean, just his eyes are still closed, so can't be very old. You know, can't be too old. Maybe a few days. I don't know how long their eyes stay stay closed like that. I guess you go online and find how long do the eyes stay closed? The raccoons. So this little guy. I mean, he's just like crying and kind of walking around in the grass, right? on my back door trying to find mom and trying to, trying to just trying to survive oh man so we we, we went online and uh, to the wildlife rescue place and they tell you to if you can kind of keep them in the area put a box that mom can find them and keep them right there because she'll probably come back for them so we did that and Got a little, kind of one of these little plungers, you've probably seen them dispense medicine in and put some raw goat's milk in there. We've been feeding him or her, oh, every every two or three hours. And most of it spills out, Can I just shove it in the mouth a little bit. And so, I mean, you know, he doesn't, God love him. So I'm, you know, I'm crying like half the day. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I'm just losing it. You go over, <laughs> you go over and look in the box, and after he was crying for about an hour, then all of a sudden he's just curled up and sleeping. And then I start crying when I when I see him. I don't know what that's about, but it is what it is. So, um, but so I think we have a plan. Mom didn't come back the last twenty four hours, so we there's a really cool place in Austin 
wildlife rescue, and uh, we, you can bring them in there, and what they'll do is rehabilitate them, where they'll feed them and give them food and, and maybe find some other animals he can hang around or some other baby raccoons they have, and at least they'll have some of his kind. And, um, and what they do then, they get them strong enough so they, and they know when, they can just let them out in the wild and hopefully be a big raccoon someday. We have a lot of raccoons out here. We don't generally see them or even hear them and, um, except at nighttime. That's when they come out. And so we had him out there all last night and hoping that mom would come back, but he was still there this morning. I go out there and he's just curled up a little ball. So we'll do that right after the show, Wildlife Rescue and Doodle Eye will bring him over there. And It's great that they have these kind of organizations. They're really cool. Probably have one in your area you could visit or just go online and support them. I think most of it's donations. I don't think, I think they're private. I'm not too sure. So that's been kind of keeping us busy a little bit and uh, air conditioning's leaking. That's kind of fun. And we forgot to sleep last night. You know, I, I have no idea what this is about. People say, well, I told a friend of mine about the sleep thing you know all the good things I do from my body. It's like, and I don't, you know, I don't know what it is. I mean, I can have enough training and practice of not thinking about anything. And um, I get pretty good at that. Maybe I should start thinking. Like, but so I don't know. So we, a um, couple hours sleep, but I'm, you know, I'm okay. I'll hang around for a little while this morning and uh, take the raccoon over. His name is Rocky, Rocky the raccoon. I mean, he's just like, just, and he, when you hear him cry, it's like, you just want to just, oh. <laughs> I mean, he's got this little cry that's like, oh man, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. But he cries. Babies cry, I guess. Babies cry. I'm going to talk about a few things this morning. Um, one of them that I've been giving some some thought to. By the way, uh, please participate if you care to. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com Email is the only way to do it here. On the 12th of May, we're live, so... Jump in if you'd like to. Um, I've been musing quite a bit about uh, drugs. Uh, I did my share, I think, last time I imbibed and binged. It's not a word, but I just thought I'd make it up. Imbinged. I think I was going back, trying to remember. I think it was 1985. Kind of remember where I was. Um, so forty years ago. So, and I guess we've all been through it a little bit. And uh, the more I look at it, and the more I contemplate it, and see 
how this all works with spiritual beings that you and I are. Uh, and and I, I don't think I can uh, state this more strongly, and I could be wrong, but I know I'm not. I always like to say that, is that I think that all um, drugs from LSD to Oxycontin to whatever, ayahuasca, magic mushrooms, all these things, they are just a trap. And I know you've got the books Carlos Castaneda and he he did all this and where is he? What did he what did he give to humanity other than sell a few books? Did we learn anything? So the big one now is ayahuasca. That's everywhere. More and more people talk about going to South America or somewhere down there and uh, doing ayahuasca and and they have all these magical experiences and they, they said, oh my God, you know, I'm down. And then you talk to them and you know that they have no idea. Um, they're not, you know, they don't have anything really to offer of this experience that helps others. Um, not that I've talked to. And I really started to begin to understand of what's going on with these things. And I think it's really quite simple, so I'm going to give you my opinion on it for what it's worth. But um, So we, we, uh, we talked to a fellow that um, he had done about 70, 70, 70 ayahuasca sessions. But I didn't find anything much useful that he said that would lead me to believe that he really evolved spiritually doing this stuff. So when we say that, you know, what what is that? Becoming more spiritually evolved. And I think in simplest terms, I'm no expert at it, but I think it's in simplest terms is that we... Um, God is, right? Whatever God is, God is. It's just everything the way it is. Our connections with it and it connections with us and how it's all intertwined and the stars and the whatever. It's just is. What is? Is God. Truth. If you want to call it truth, right? Well, just what is. That would be everything. So that would be God, which is just love. That's the best I can do. Love. It's all put together love balls and we're all connected. So spiritual growth is when we as souls, my opinion, we we become more aware, we become, we become aware of more what God is. I think that's a good way to put it. So you say God is this, everything, and as we grow spiritually, we become aware of more of it. The more we become aware of truth, the more spiritually evolved we are, and then there's always more. So we never 
arrive at a thing and say, well, you know, I've got even um, the few people, very few, uh, that I know um, that are God-realized, it's very few. A lot of people claim, you know, they've realized what God is. But there are few. But anyway, so the more we are aware of what is, or the truth, truth, the more spiritually vile we are. And we do that through our own efforts of looking and seeing at everything in our inner life, right? When we look and see out there, whatever there is, politics and wars and television and uh, just the land or whatever, we know we know that that this is just a, a projection, a state of consciousness. So we whatever we project outwards is is what we see. So uh, for us to I don't know, dig in somewhere in a computer or where that's not getting to truth. That's just all this stuff. That's just a projection of what we've all created. And we're all taking part in this creation. So there's nothing out there that we're going to learn anything from, any of the truth. Because that's all just a, a, um, a representation of what souls believe to be true. And that's what we project. Um, you go to a city, New York or whatever, and it has a state of consciousness which is created by the people that live in the city. And that controls everything, how it looks, the people they elect, the people that control things, you know, whatever, the crime level, all that stuff is all just a projection of the people who live there. It is a state of consciousness that that souls that live in New York are just kind of passing things back and forth telepathically. And they said, oh yeah, that's yeah, I believe that. Or I don't believe it. So that's what it is. But the, there, there's no, you know, you and I can't go into New York and start digging around and say, well, how did it get there and all that. It's just a projection. It's what's called the matrix, I guess, or uh, a projection. So we know that nothing's going to happen by looking outward and saying, yeah, I, and then go to a library and read, and that's just all made up. It's just all made up by humans projecting certain things, right? So, as all spiritual paths have taught, the only way to go, or the way to go, is to go within. So, that's it. I mean, every spiritual path that you can come up with, I mean, they might not be clear about it, but that's at the end of the day, that's it. So we close our peeps, and we see the, our inner world, and the clearer that we get on our inner world, the mind and body and soul that we talk about, and the more we can learn what this all is and how we got here and where we're going because all the the truth is in us. We are 
the truth. The truth is us, and we are in the truth, and we are God, and we're not God, and it gets a little tricky, but all the action is in, internally, which is why some spiritual paths, and mine and others, uh, we do spiritual exercises, or, and uh, using our imagination, and um, working with the mind, and working with maybe a, if you're lucky enough to have a, a real teacher that works with you on the inner, which many, not many, but I know one teacher that does, my te- on the inner planes, and I actually talk to him and see him, and he shows me around, and sometimes I don't see him for a few months, and but I know that that teacher is always is always with me, and everybody has access to this teacher. All souls do, because that's the way God set it up. And depending on one's uh, passion for knowing the truth or knowing God, um, kind of regulates how much help we get from these spiritual masters that are there, and that they're there, and they're real, and. Many people have met with them and talked to them and had experiences with them, and they're real. And that's what their job is, is to just show us around or guide us and say, why don't you check that out? Telepathically, or we'll get introduced to people. They, they work in all different ways because that's really the only thing left to do. Well, you know, once you understand a little bit of here and there, you can then share that with other people because what are you going to do with it? So this is what art is about and music and writing and, you know, the great artists and the classic stories and all the, you know, the classics and these are all spiritual journeys of people that that needed to, you know, keep this going and share what they've seen with any kind of luck, then somebody could learn a little bit and give them, guide, you know, a guidepost to to what it's all about, Alfie. So, so what drugs do is simply catapults soul. Uh, into usually just the astral plane. And then souls experience it and they think, well, wow, that's, that's, the, that's, you know, that's what's going to happen in the world. That's what's going to happen. And then they write books about it and do talk shows about it. Yeah, because I saw this. And, but it's, it's, just, it's just made up. Um, you see, um, if you understand... This, like the astral plane, you'll get an idea of why taking drugs to go to the astral plane is stupid because the only thing you're seeing in the astral plane is what you have created in your mind. And that's why, that's, that's what's there, which is similar to what dreams are about. And we can get into that. So, So we 
we talked to someone not long ago and and he said, well, I saw where all souls were had a kind of a thing on their head and, and the Illuminati or whatever were, um, were sucking energy out of them. And so they thought that that's what was happening to everybody. And the, because they saw it and they, they did and they experienced it because it was real for them and it is real on the astral plane because this is what they created because they've got so many beliefs about the way it is with maybe the Illuminati or control and this is, this is what happens in the dream state. We are creating um, stuff sometimes with other people and it's all real I don't even know what that word means anymore, real. It's all happening. Um, you can see it and feel it and touch it, and it's just as real as this because this is the dream too. But this is only relevant for the soul that's having the dream experience. What I, what I do in the astral plane when my body's sleeping, which hasn't been a lot lately, um, is experiences that I create and they're real because they're with other people or with them and if we remember them they can give us a kind of guidepost to what's going on in my life and then I can use that to that's why we remember our dreams and that so all drugs do is unnaturally catapult people souls into this astral realm astral projection and all that. So whatever they're experiencing, and some of it can be quite amazing and cool and all that, but it's just their experience. And if you, it doesn't mean anything to anybody else. And it doesn't even mean anything to them unless they look at all of these experiences just like a dream and work with it and figure it out and see, well, what am I doing? Who am I? And where do I go from here? But it's not truth, it's only an experience that souls are having. And this is all this is all that any drug, in my opinion, has ever done. I'm sure it's been more valuable for some than others, but you know, LSD and like I say, um, magic mushrooms and marijuana, it's just all been put here. People say it's been put here by God to help us. I don't think that's true. I could be wrong. I think it's it's a it's a physical thing that's kind of a a trap because it's not going to you know unless you know who you are, where you are, how you got where you're going and where you're going from here and what it all means, it's just an experience. It's just could be pleasurable, could be weird. Some people have bad trips, good trips. You've heard about that but it's only relevant to the person taking it. But then they come back, you know, and Carlos Castaneda or whatever, and they take, they write books about it and people want to experience stuff because we all want to experience more stuff and so we do it and we all tried it. And But it's just, it's just all BS. <laughs> yeah, it's all bogus. Maybe a real experience for me in the dream state, but what does it mean for you? What does it mean for anything? It's just a creation. For example, 
as you know, we, we talk, uh, muse quite a bit about, about, um, um, the financial system because we're interested in that. Wrote a screenplay about it and then we talked to people about it, Tom and Luongo and Fred Dachowski and other, and other folks, Martin Armstrong. And I'm, I'm interested in it and I talk about it and, um, read the headlines to keep up with it. So last night, um, the little little I did sleep, I had this really cool experience with people, and I told them that I saw that the United States is going to quit selling treasury bonds, treasuries. They're not going to do it anymore. Um... So I was telling them that I thought this is what is going to happen and what it would mean and I thought I was real smart in in this dream experience which was just an astral plane probably. You meet other people because there are other people there too and you start telling them what you think the world is about. And when I came back in my body I was musing and thinking about that and ah. Uh, What does it mean? I mean, it's, it's uh, does it mean that the treasury is going, in physical reality, is going to quit selling treasury bonds? You know, I guess it's possible the whole thing would, would implode. You know, sometimes we do get insights into what could be happening, but I'd be on real shaky ground if I said that because I would just be contradicting what I just said. I don't know what it means. Um, lots of times all that all that we're doing is kind of uh, reliving something that we may have thought about in the physical reality because we have to unwind all of these things we think about so there's been quite a bit of conversation about um, you know this debt ceiling thing and if they're going to default on the debt and then that would change and personally I don't think they're going to do that they'll just keep going so just a little bit of of uh, inter inner conversations I've had and when I thought about that is, you know that could be that's all this thing is that I just experienced last night nothing more so you can understand how if you take a drug to go into these other realities and create a reality just like you and I will create something this afternoon because we want to go somewhere and do something and, and we visualize how it's going to be and we go there. And that's, that's and the way, the way it happens when we do go there is the way we've envisioned it. Not it. Everything that happens to us is the way we've we've envisioned it. Hmm. Pretty interesting, huh? Um, so let's talk a little bit about what this these planes are, and I, I think it'll help you understand a little bit more what I'm trying to convey here because it's tricky stuff. You know, it's just, it's tricky because it's a lot of terms and um, yeah, and a lot of. Uh, abstract stuff and spiritual philosophy. It's a little tricky. But anyway, um, 
So let's sell, sell a little elk velvet, and then we'll be back if you care to comment and join the conversation. Sorry, no phones, but Patrick, OneRadioNetwork.com. Before I start my work day, I like to get my workout in. It makes me much more effective throughout the rest of the day. Now, one of my favorite supplements to use in conjunction with my training is Sir Thrival's Elk Antler. These are sustainably and humanely harvested from U.S. free-range animals. Now, what's interesting about elk, deer, moose, all these animals we call the cervids, is they're the only mammals who have an organ that actually falls off and regenerates every year. These elk antlers grow out in just a matter of a couple of months. In order to grow like that, they need growth factors, steroidal compounds that cause that rapid growth. Those can actually be harvested, freeze-dried, and put into solution that you can actually utilize in your own body. Now there's been a back and forth history with this being banned for doping in professional athletics. Currently, it is legal, except that it is really rich in IGF-1, which is a banned substance. Now, of course, this is a natural substance. This is not a steroid. But when you look at natural substances, you won't find anything more powerful than elk antler for recovery, for lean muscle growth and maintenance, for metabolic enhancement, and for recovery after injuries and surgery. This is incredible stuff. If you're looking for a natural supplement that boosts your metabolism, helps you grow lean body mass, burns fat, increases libido and energy levels, and helps your body regenerate from your workouts or from injuries or surgeries, take a look at Sir Thrival's Elk Antler. I'll take a look at that. I want some. I want two bottles. Let me look at the promo code. I continue to forget what it is. <laughs> I should know it by now. This sale's been going on a while. I think it's only a few more days. I'll find it real quick here. So this is from uh, Sithrival, and it's on our website, One Radio Network, any Sithrival link, and you'll see the promo code, which is Rebuild20. I hope it's still going on. I should have checked that before I played it. Um, I think it is. Sale ends... Oh yeah, we're we're good. Sale ends five twenty-five. Wow, we got a couple more weeks. So it's a it's a great product. Uh, check it out. Also, the uh, elk elk velvet antler, as as we're talking about now, and pine pollen, colostrum, uh, good stuff. Really, really good things. Mentioned the money. My good friend Fred Dashevsky has a company. Uh, U.S. Coin Capital, C-A-P-I-T-O-L, Capital, not Capital. And uh, Fred buys and sells gold coins for a living. And they are coins that um, are just real American money. And there was a, a comment on his site, on his, I'm sorry, on his uh, show. And I think I'll read that. I might give you a little insight. Let me grab it real quick here. How do you see where uh, Elon Musk has hired a, a CEO and this is, I'm not making this up. She I mean, I don't know what Elon's thinking. I'm going to kind of just get to it here a second. And so I get the name. Her name 
is Linda Vaccarino, V-A-C-C-A-R-I-N-O. Um, she worked for NBC, a big shot in the ad business. And uh, she's also, <laughs> she's, I mean, come on. She's also executive, ad executive and World Economic Forum Task Force Chair. She works for the World Economic Forum, the most crazy, spooky organization on the earth plane. So, God love Elon. You know, I know, I'm sure he means well, but I mean, he's got to know that place is bonkers. World Economic Forum. I don't know what to make of this guy. I think he's bonkers. Okay. So, let's see. So, um, Eric wrote in and said, wonder if someone could address, back to um, Fred Tashevsky, could address this mental thing I have in regards to these coins. Not saying anything negative about the speaker. He was talking about Fred or the host. Both are admire admirable men. Thank you. I keep seeing beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. For example, one of the mental contacts is, is a $250 value, the same coin could have 500 times more value than the metal content. Yeah, that's called numismatic collectibles. This situation bears a whole lot in my mind, the same as when I used to buy low and sell high. Where's this guy going with this? Is there a possibility with these coins that one day they'll really be worth only their metal content? And I'm not saying this to be offensive, so he's saying, will the, will the numismatic value could someday just go away? So, um, Fred wrote back, he, he, he responded to it. He said, certainly a justifiable question like any items of rare value, their continued future value rests in the supply-demand characteristics. I don't know what happened to the baseball card values, but I am certain um, a Honus Wagner card that sold for over $7 million seems to indicate quite a bit of market strength. Specifically, gold and silver U.S. coins have been sought by the collectors and investors since they first were issued in 1792. So, a away. I don't have, I don't have a time when famous paintings would sell for the canvas and wood that they were made of any more than the uh, rarest coins suddenly only being valued at as melt. The longevity and fixed supply seems to support value growth for as far as the eye can see. So he responds, and people, you know, they've, they've asked me about that. They, well, what are these things someday aren't worth anything? I think Fred did a good job at the, explaining 
And, um, you know, once again, there's baseball, baseball cards worth $7 million because there's only one or two of them. It's just a human nature thing where, where we just, um, we like things of rare or limited value. So we put, you know, paintings and books, old books, and we put a value on them. And that's what, that's what we do. And they, gen- they generally hold because they don't make more of them. So it's been, it's been a long uh, road uh, to know that, to see that. 800-878-2646. 800-878-2646. That's Fred, and he buys and sells gold coins for a living. He do. And uh, you can call him and talk to him and see what he might have for you to, to share. Okay. To share. To have and behold from this day forward. Yes. <laughs> so, I think You know, we, we, we've heard about um, things like the astral plane, the causal plane, the mental plane. And I, I, I see if I can give you an idea of my understanding and my experience, more so than understanding what I have experienced on these different planes. And they do exist. And they do exist just like the physical plane. So here on the physical plane, and personally I think it's since I'm a flat earther and I believe there's tremendous amount of land on the other side of the, the ice wall that holds in the oceans and you can go online and see videos of the wall. It exists. Huge. This holds in the oceans. Not gravity because we're not spinning. And this this land can go on who knows for how far because they won't let us go over the wall the UN and other people patrol it constantly, 24-7. And we've seen videos, and you, you can kind of go over it, try to go over there, but they won't let you because they don't want you over there because whatever is over there, they don't want us to know about. That's a UN treaty. goes back long ago. So this physical plane could go on. There could be thousands of miles, thousands of miles. There could be more land than we know of right now. Who knows? Admiral Byrd went across there, the wall. I think, um, I don't know exactly, one, 40s, I think 40s, 50s. And he said there was, he saw all kinds of land with trees and, and a warm climate, various animals. And this was down in the Arctic and it was a warm climate. So, we don't know. But the way it works here, since it's physical reality, and we have bought into the idea of um, space and time, and, and we, humans, we see a piece of land, and we get the idea, oh, I'm going to build a building. So we think about the building, right? We imagine the building. We get a good idea about the building. We hire an architect to build the building just like we imagine it. See where I'm going with this? This is how it works. How we imagine it. You hire people and you get materials and you put it together and poof, you have a building. 
So we humans created this building by our imaginations. Now down here, uh, because physical reality is a physical, different from astral, you know, there, there's laws and there's laws of inertia and material and buoyancy and and uh, you got to build things if you want to go up, you have to go on a ladder and the whole thing. This is just the laws of physical reality. But we've created all of this. So everything you see out there, we've created through our imagination. Every bit of it. And I would, I would argue that at the long ago, billions of years ago, when souls popped into physical reality, that we, we did the same thing and we created, we start to, we created everything. We created, I think we created our bodies. I think then we created words to come up with what we were feeling and we just did the whole thing. So we created everything here. Now, so this is just a physical plane, right? And there are other planes that we know exist. People have gone there, I've gone there, and you can see what goes on there and play around up there, but it's not really up. It's just a different state of consciousness. And one of the more easily accessible is the astral plane which is the emotional plane, which is um, all part and parcel of being a human. So there could be, and it exists. And we go there in our imagination, using our mind and imaging, and people talk about astral travel, and we, we create things much more easily there. We create experiences like when we're dreaming and we invite other people into our dreams and we have a dream with mom or dad or whoever and they're, they're as real as this even though this is just a, a dream as well. So the astral plane goes on, I'm told, I have not experienced it, I'm told by people I trust, goes on forever. It just, can you imagine how many souls in millions of years or however long we've been here have gone to the astral plane in their imagination and did stuff and built stuff and we, it's a whole other and it's just huge I mean it's infathomable of how big it is but it exists and the same way then you go to the causal plane where all of the past lives are kind of hanging out there and going on right now, then the mental plane, and that gets to be a little higher vibration where um, it's a little more evolved, the mental plane, and where many stories and books that, that I've read, uh, and I've been on the mental plane too, there's some crazy, beautiful buildings and gold stuff. So these planes exist and what we want to learn how to do if we are so inclined is to go in and learn how to traverse these planes actively go in there see what's going on and see what 
information we can can uh, get from these with people we talk to or see how things are done there, learn, and continue to grow. So as we were saying before, we become more aware of what God is, and God is everything, astral, causal, mental, and then soul plane, where we're even more um, free, and we just do whatever we want, nobody says anything, and it's like, this, this is where we are when we view our life from the soul level. We are literally on that plane, and, and we do it all the time when we are really looking at life from a totally objective viewpoint, 360 degrees, and we see everything, everything below, everything above, and this is really what spiritual growth is about. This is where what we want to do so we can figure out how we got here, figure out where we're going from here, and we can, figure out how not to come back into a body, do all kinds of cool stuff. This is the way way it's been set up. So, So you can kind of get the idea that these people doing ayahuasca, that's a, and they say it's it's good because it's a plant. Well, everything's a plant, you know. LSD comes somewhere. Magic mushrooms are plants and psilocybin and, but they're all just, they're all just bogus because it doesn't, it doesn't give anyone any insight into what's going on. It generally just catapults people. They might have really beautiful experiences and then they, the only thing they, they know when they come back in their body and, they, and the trip wears off and they're back in the physical reality is they want to do it again because it was fun, maybe. That's why these people do ayahuasca for what, 70 times one person. I talked to 70 but then, so you can see where it's just at this point, it's just a trip, literally. That's all. That's why I guess the term came from. It's just like going to New York because you like to go to New York or, or wherever you like to go and you like to go to Colorado and ski. It's a good trip and you like doing it. But it, it's not anything spiritual. It's just... Because spirituality is awareness of who we are and why we are and where we are and what it's all about, Alfie. That's spiritual growth. So we get a sense how we fit in, how it all works. Oh, you know, what is soul? What do I, what does soul look like? How did I get here? And everything, you know, truth, awareness, growth. That's what it is. So, I've got this theory about cannabis, you know, marijuana, cannabis, whatever, has been very popular, I think, you know, oh, maybe, maybe a hundred years or so, I don't know how, it probably goes way far back, people discovered it. And, and all marijuana does, cannabis, is 
heighten heighten the the experience that's going on. So if you're angry, you're really angry. If you're high, or if you're in love, you're really in love when you're high. That's what they called it, high. But the double-edged sword is, if one is not in control of every thought and every feeling, which few people are, that goes through their consciousness, the cannabis simply brightens it up or magnifies the feeling of love or hate or confusion or paranormal, paranormal, paranoia, or, or it could be good emotions as well, why people do it a lot, their control of their their stuff, and I guess some people get by okay with it. But you can see where it's just a, a false, false thing. It's not doing anything. of value for people. So my current theory is that uh, governments know this. And so governments are always trying to make us crazy. That's what they do. Because the crazier we are and the more confused we are, as most people who smoke a lot of marijuana, and I've known a lot of people, and they're not just too bright. They think they are, but you talk to them, and you know they don't have any idea what they're talking about as far as what the truth is about life. It's all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, they spend some time with somebody who smokes a lot of grass. And they're bonkers. They might have fun and think they're smart and think they're evolved, and, but they're not. So I, I think, you know, governments have known this, which is why when this... I don't know when it first came popular. Let's just say back in the 30s or 20s. What was the term they gave it? There was some kind of term. What was the term? Do you know what I'm thinking about? There was this term they gave marijuana back in the 30s and 40s. I don't I used to remember that one. So I think what has happened then, what they did, in my opinion, they made it illegal everywhere. Just made it illegal. And then, of course, when you make something illegal, people want it more. They want it more. Because souls, humans, who are in the mind world, they want something they can't have. I mean, it's just, just like the gold and silver coins with Fred. People want more of them because they're of a limited value and they're hard to get. So people want them and they pay more for it. It's just a, it's just a human thing, you know. People want um, boys and girls that they can't get. Plain hard to get thing they want, you know. Movie stars put themselves out as attractive but untouchable because big stars. That's how that, they build this whole uh, genre around um, around themselves. So, so they made marijuana illegal and this drove up the interest in it. It drove up the production of it because people could grow stuff and sell for a lot of money and the feds, they didn't really, you know, 
they would make a few arrests, but they don't really care. And we know that. Same way with cocaine, right? They make a few arrests and put them on TV and say it's bad. But the government's always been involved in drugs and and cocaine and uh, heroin. That's a big one. Now it's fentanyl. They're all involved in it. The government's involved. And they just keep trying to make you think like, you can't have this stuff. It's so good. The supply is so hard to get. So they drive the price up because they're making the money too. They're on. They're in on the deal, and uh, you know they claim they want to kill the cartels in Mexico, and they're all in on it. In my opinion, it's all just a big scam to make us crazy. And the more drugs we do, the crazier we get. And they love that because then the more drugs we do, we'll believe about anything. <laughs> you know, no election fraud, whatever. It's just crazy. Believe anything. So then I think what happened, they thought, well, it's time to really get more people crazy and we'll start to legalize marijuana. So that's when it's really good because this is something we couldn't have because it was against the law. But now we can get it. This state is legalizing this, right? This state is legalizing that. So then people pour in there, man, they love it because now it's legal and they get whacked and high and become useless pretty much. Cocaine, same thing. All of them now. Heroin is big. Um, uh, what's the uh, what's that one where it's kind of a people kind of fall in love. They have these parties. You know what I mean? That you know that one. So. So in my opinion, this is what they do. And then they, they, you know, then they make it illegal and then legal. And then to even really pile on and have more fun, we are going to prove to you through studies and stuff and that they're all behind that, you know, medicinal marijuana, nah, this is great because you're going to get cured. I have not seen any evidence of people smoking or doing medicinal marijuana. They can get stoned and it helps with pain. I think that's about as, because they're, they're whacked, you know, so fine. You know, if I had some, God, knock on wood, some deadly disease was in pain, I'd probably be able to stay stoned too. I don't blame them. There's nothing wrong with that. It keeps you out of pain. So, but then now what's going on with, with the medicinal marijuana? We've done shows on it that stuff is so strong that people are just getting hooked on the medicinal marijuana. And now you can get gummies and it's on Amazon. I mean, buy this stuff anywhere now. And you don't think that the the powers that think they are are loving that with people just getting whacked with all these gummies and... I mean, 
And what a better way, you don't have to smoke it, you just put them in a little gummy and people take it to parties and get whacked. And, you know, I, you know, I'm not saying it's bad or anything like that, it's just a waste of time. So if you want to do it, knock yourself out. I just don't. I know it's all a trap. It just is. In my experience, the only way that you and I are a threat to people that want to control us is if we are awake, we are aware, we can think critically, and we can choose or not whether to be afraid. But when you're whacked on any kind of drug, any kind of drug, even too much coffee, you can get paranoid. I've seen people do that too. I mean a lot of coffee. You know, like all day long. It's a drug. It's a very strong drug, caffeine. A little bit won't hurt you and you enjoy it, just fine. People do it all the time. I have a coffee now and then. I can only drink about a half a cup because I get too whacked because <laughs> I'm very sensitive, but I can do I can take one sip of a really good coffee, and I just, I get high. I can feel it. That's all I need if I want to just give myself a little boost if I didn't sleep. A couple sips, I'm there. <laughs> but caffeine's a huge, I mean, it's a, it's a drug. And it's why Starbucks have 455 million things, because people get hooked, and it's a drug. They like the way it feels, nothing wrong with it. Matter of fact, there's a lot of benefits to it. Colon cancer is reduced with uh, with coffee. But then, you know, then when you get more and more, well, then you can get crazy because you lose, you lose focus and you, you know, you lose the ability to think clearly. It's a real uh, much more of a mental thing and people use it for focus and it's fine um, but um, I think that's I think one of the reasons why Hollywood is imploding not coffee very much but I think it's part of it is um, is cocaine lots of cocaine out there You've heard, and another drugs. What is that one where people have these parties, rave parties, and what do they take? Do you all know? I used to know the name of that stuff. There was like, so when you stay in the mental realm, and all writers that I've talked about, talk, most writers that I've, met on the internet and hear their podcast. They all talk about, I got my coffee and I'm, and I'm doing my, writing my screenplay. And I think, which is one of the reasons why most movies, almost all movies, are just a rehash of the same old stories and with just, not very creative. There's a few really cool creative movies out there. Uh, Nolan, 
Christopher Nolan and the Batman guy and good stuff. I mean, very creative guy. Ridley, Ridley Scott, you know, even Tarantino and uh, Aaron Sorkin and, uh, you know, some people that are writing some very cool stuff. And they're not just spinoffs of more of this. Another detective story that looks different and they just have a different murder and then there you go. So drugs, I think in general, are a huge part of why Hollywood is imploding. Because they stay in this mental realm. And they can't think their way out of it. Because it's just more of the same. That's all the mental plane is. It's just more ideas. Uh, You know, we talk about the mind being a relational database. It's just making connections, right? So the dream experience I had last night about the treasury, um, so I could have I put a little bit of energy into the possibility uh, that the whole debt ceiling thing was not going to, maybe, it's so, so, um, delicate the mind is that if we could just spend 10 seconds saying oh well that could be true and then that idea yes no maybe truth false or in between then has to be unwound a bit and so we create experiences on the astral plane when our body sleeps or wherever we are and then we unwind that thought well yeah that's true but we don't know it's true we just the mind just said, yeah, I like that. That makes sense? So, the, 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 you know, the deal is, the key is, is to be able to think critically all the time and we make a decision of what we want to believe. Well, that's interesting. Is that true? I don't know if it's true, but I don't know the source and I might look into that if I'm interested. You might. But most often, it's simply a yes or a no, you know. Like the immovable, immovable earth idea, usually people just say, yeah, I might look into that, and then they, they go down that rabbit hole like I did, or most people just say, no. So either way, we have in, embedded that, that judgment into our being, and this is the way we think, until we change. So it's our truth. So all these planes exist, and they exist because we have created a situation there, and it's there. That state of consciousness is there. You know, I suspect there are many, many versions of hell that or on the astral plane that exist and people are going through these experiences and you can go experience one of those if you want. And if you do it strongly enough and uh, have a strong opinion about it 
and you're really getting into sin and hell and all that in heaven, you, you could leave your body, die, and experience it because you got all that karma to work out. So people that are really, you know, God-fearing people that believe in hell and they believe if they're not perfect, they're going to go there, well, then they'll probably go there because who's perfect? We all do dumb things. So you see how dangerous it is to walk with so. How dangerous it is to believe pretty much anything. And don't you find it interesting that today, in 2023, that we are seeing almost everything, and it's all about the media now, it's all projection, you know, whether it be, you know, internet or, you know, films or whatever, that more and more of what we're seeing is not, it's just simply not, not real. I mean, not even, not even close to being real, real. We've had, we had a video on the front page of this fellow who looks, looks a lot like Tom Cruise. And he's doing, he's doing a whole AI thing and they can make, they can do films now and pretty, and, and they could do a film and looks exactly like Tom Cruise. Of course, he'd sue them if they do it. Um, you know, so if you don't have, if you don't have someone's uh, permission, people can sue you. You know, and, and don't you find it interesting that we have no idea now if the person speaking is really speaking. I mean, I think there's a good chance that, that uh, Biden is, a, is an AI contraption. And I know he says a lot of dumb things because that's what he, they're programming him, him to be uh, because they want to get rid of him. What a, you know they do because they probably want Kamala. So I think it's interesting in physical reality now we're seeing all all the unreal things come to the surface which is kind of a spiritual evolution as such because we're seeing what is true and what isn't and we don't we don't even know anymore. Um, they're so good at it that they can put holograms in the sky and I think that's what they're going to do. And you're going to see extraterrestrials attack us someday. I think fairly soon. And they can do it. The technology's there. They've proven it. And if you don't think people are going to freak out when they see all these craft, and then on television, they're going to tell you, they'll show you that they're blowing things up because they can do that too. It's all a... Um, CGI, computer-generated stuff. And they can do a whole thing and lock us down, try to lock us down, and the whole thing is made up. I think that's what they're going to do. I mean, what a better way to keep you at home. We're having an alien attack. And if you go outside, they can (laughs) 
They can melt you into a blob with one beam. And of course you've seen it because they'll have pictures of it on the news, of course, video of it. So this is, um, you know, before we go here, I'm not going to stay on a great deal of time because we're going to take this little raccoon over to the, to the wildlife rescue. Um, so this is the argument. My argument for you, who I love, is to stay awake. Don't go into the drug stuff. Stay out of this stuff. Be careful. Be careful what you eat. Be careful what you drink. Alcohol, dead end. And do everything you can to stay awake and think critically about what you're seeing out there with your friends, family, certainly the internet, films, documentaries. Everybody has a has a scam going. Documentaries, I mean, they were getting really good at tricking us into believing this or that documentary is true. And they'll slip in all kinds of stuff about global warming and man-made global warming and, you know, um, Green New Deal. They all do it too. And they get you get real good at it. Because they've got an agenda. So our job is to stay awake enough where we see it, and we go, oh yeah, yeah, look at that. See that little global warming thing that they plugged in there? They're very clever. So unless we're awake, we, we can end up just believing anything that they want us to believe. And our job is to believe what we want to believe, and what we believe is true, and if we don't know anything is real, well then, then, then you're good. Then you don't believe anything. Just figure out your relationship with God and you're good. And do what you want. Does that make sense? Just do what you want. Okay, let's read this one. Just came in. I really enjoyed your conversation with Darko Velchek. The content covered is most often mind-expanding and quite enriching. Yeah, we spent an hour just talking about the quantum, he calls it the quantum field, and it's pretty much what it is. It's just a, but listen to the show. During Wednesday's show, Darko stated that he has seen or sees the curve of the earth, which is why he subscribes to the globe I must admit that he does observe apparent curvature due to the fact that any convex lens, human eye telescopes and cameras, yeah, they're, they're all kind of curved. I'm curious if Darko thinks that we ex experience a physical reality on Earth. Well, he and I talked about it, and we're of the same uh, belief for my experience. This is um, this Earth thing is just a state of consciousness, just like it is when you're in the astral plane. You're just in this state of consciousness, and it is seems real, 
but it's not. And we've talked a lot about this. It's just a state of consciousness. Um, David Icke has uh, delved into that. Um, Bruce Lipton, some other cool people. It is. It, it's just a state. In other words, it's just what we think it is, and whatever we think it is, it is. Then physical science ought to provide a primary metric for determining the nature of this realm. Well, you know, you know, physical science, they only know what they can see, and so they could break it down to atoms and protons and quarks and little little things, and that's the essence, I guess, of physical reality, hydrogen and... But not really. You know, that's how, they're all just um, um, wavelengths and vibrations, those things. They don't really... They're not really solid. None of it is. This isn't solid. You know, and I think it's real, it's real practical to think that some of these heliocentric folks that post on Facebook and really give me a hard time, I don't mind it, is that, you know, maybe a spinning curvature Earth really exists for them and, and they're just as right as I am. I mean, that's possible too. Why wouldn't it be? But there has to be an ultimate truth to things, right? And I think that is a spiritual perspective that is um, ever-expanding as wide as we know we can go. And that's our job is to get there and then we know what it is. I don't know of any other way to say it. It's pretty challenging, you know. Hi, Patrick. I love your show, especially when Adam Bergstrom is on live. And he's a follower of Ray Pete. Or are they? Yeah, he likes Ray Pete. So do I. Your show with Tom Renz was great. He's uh, he's right on. To help a lot of, he has a lot of guts to speak. Help a real truther. Here's one again on Tom Renz show. As far as labeling the toxic food, none of that matters, does it, when we have thousands of traitors spraying everything with chemicals, one of the major facts that need to be 
spread worldwide is that viruses are not real. I do not listen to any truther who says differently because I know that they are lying. You know, I'm not sure. I, you know, lying may be harsh words. You know, I, I think that they just, they've not done the, uh, the work. You know, they've not looked at it. And us virus folks, truthers, we know that there's no viruses because we've, we've done the work and know that they've never proven. And they got to do that. Just like the helio boys, heliocentric boys have never proven the earth is round and spinning. They just don't have a photo. Not one. Not one. All computer. So, that's why I'm pretty sure I'm on solid ground because if they had, if, if the earth was spinning, come on, and it was surrounded by space with these alleged space station, Hubble, what's the other, what's the newest one? Um, whatever. There's another one that they show you all these amazing pictures of Venus and it's all computer. None of it's real. All they'd have to do is from the space station, which they say is 250 miles, which it's, it's not. It's stick a camera out there, a real camera, with no, you know, no, no convex lens, just a camera, and show us this spinning ball. Why can't they do that? Why won't they do that? Because it's not there. Because they can't. Mr. Renz is probably a gatekeeper. They give the animals ivermectin and avermectins. Ivermectin is a transmissible, living, dangerous biological organisms. The animals even excrete it in their waste, which then becomes airborne and a soil pathogen. It's not mRNA. That's a red herring. It's pesticide poisoning mRNA costs thousands of dollars. They're not putting that in our food. Hmm. Yeah, um, I think Darko is accurate when it comes to this stuff in, in our food, especially in the animals, because he's a veterinarian. Did you know that? Trained veterinarian. He knows the animals. And he's, he said that on the last show, and I, and I, I kind of knew this myself, or believe it anyway, is that we, they can give animals vaccines when they're baby cows, which they do, and maybe they grow up and become hamburgers. And I, I don't think these vaccines, he says they don't. He says animals excrete these vaccines a lot, often, every time, just like humans do. Listen, if vaccines, they're, they're crazy and they're dangerous and they cause problems, but if they were really, really, really as dangerous as they say, these kids getting 50 vaccines today, they'd be dead, right? So they're bad and they cause problems, but, you know. But I think that, uh, I know, because I've talked to animal people that raise cows, raise chickens, even very natural, they still, most of them are germ people, and they give them vaccines. And you and I aren't being killed by these vaccines. I don't think they come out in the food. Other 
veterinarians have said the same thing. So I think it's, I think I think the whole mRNA thing is just a red herring to make us so, make us more afraid of something else, you know. And also, I mean, you know, these people want us to not eat meat, right? I mean, they, they've said that, you know, making all this monkey monkey food and Bill Gates and his AI food, whatever it is, lab made meat and beyond meat. So they, they don't want us to be strong and healthy, and they know that animal foods are very good for us, so they're going to do anything they can to to turn us off meat. And I think this mRNA uh, in meat, um, in cows, is just another false flag fear porn. Like so many have said, great job, Patrick, the fact that, oh, this is also on Tom Rand, so, that no viruses exist totally dismantles the corrupt and morally bankrupt allopathic system. As a former physician's assistant, I say good riddance and use herbal remedies solely. Yeah, baby. You know, and look what Look what they're they're feeding the animals. Are all these vaccines for animals too? Another one of Tom Renz. Wow. Um, Tom Renz is masquerading around with these pointless cases, acting like a hero and obscuring the reality that we actually have the power by simply saying no and building our own alternatives. It's harder, less convenient, but necessary at this point. This fellow wants to keep you shopping at the big food stores, eating fake food, but having the label on there to get your consent. It's a cheap trick. I'm a truth guy, says Tom Renz, the guy who won't admit the virus doesn't exist. Yeah, I kind of challenged Tom um, on this idea of the virus. Great job challenging Tom Rance. Patrick, you're spot on about the virus being totally fake and you can't build anything of value on a false premise. While the legal system plays its games, I'm quietly growing my own food and researching local supply chains. Good for you. If you buy things at a supermarket, you've already consented to big food's ways. Most often, yeah, it's 99% not real food, and when you participate and rely on their system, you only perpetuate the failing system. Only time we're in that a lot of jokes. A lot of, Here's one, I know Chu. Oh, this is one of the shows we did on The Globalist. I woke up this morning thinking how much easier life is without having to bone to pick with the people in my life. That's great.
Okay. Well, enough from me this morning. I didn't sleep last night, so I'm not on top of my game. I was up like almost all night, all morning. Yeah, we were doing yoga, worked on a screenplay a little bit, had some food, (laughs) just fed the little Rocky the raccoon. Just hilarious. And I don't know what it's about. I'm sure I'm going to find out someday soon. The only thing I work on is not complain about it, you know? That's the one thing I don't do. I just, I know it is what it is and what am I going to do? So at least that's, so I get stronger doing that, just going through it without complaining, without whining, you know? Dear God, what's going on? Why do I? And it's, I mean, it's not that terrible. It's just, it's fine stuff to do. <laughs> okay, we are off to the rescue, wildlife rescue, rescue place in, in Austin to give this little baby raccoon a place to go. Just the sweetest little thing. Because, I mean, I could keep it here, but I wouldn't know when to put it back out. And So we're going to go over there now. So we have um, some cool things next week. Richard Massey, Adam Bergstrom, also um, Weissong. What's his name? He's into all kinds of crazy things that nothing going on we can believe. What's his name? Wysong is his last name. I think this fellow is the same Wysong that has the... Doesn't he have a, a, a food company for... Yeah, he does. For, um, for dogs and cats. You've seen that? It's the same fellow. But he's written a lot of books, and it's pretty much about all the stuff we believe to be true that is not. So that'll be fun. That's going to be on Tuesday, and then Adam on Wednesday. So we'll do some other things too. I think it's Randy. Why so? Oh, I can't find it now. So, okay. Godspeed to bring the uh, Rocky Raccoon to the Animal Rescue Place. I have to figure out where it is. I got the address. So I will see you um, Monday with uh, Richard Massey. He's always fun. Thanks for your ongoing support. Let me know if I can help with anything. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com is my email address. And um, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, I don't get away from this um, this computer very, very often. So I see all your emails. So let me know if I can help. Take care of yourself. Stay out of trouble now because it's, that's right. You're, yeah, yeah, see, you got it. You're the one. If you get into trouble or problems, know that you get into it so you can find your way out. Just like I'm going to find my way out of sleep, <laughs> sleep deprivation. Because I found my way in. If I found my way in, I found my way out. So I'm hope, hopeful. Hopeful. It's great. 
So I love you all very much. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Let me know if I can help with anything. And uh, may the blessings be. Know the Source on One Radio Network.